Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. Read all about it. She's right across from me, mm. Monica Badman. She's a bad man in her pink top and her undershirt is black. It's brown. It's brown. Can't <laughs> tell from where I'm sitting. <laughs> Hi, Professor Badman. Hi. How you doing? Maybe one day. Oh. Maybe I that's my second life. As a professor. Yeah, that'd be fun. Good luck to those boys. That's <laughs> ah, true. They'd be all a titter in that class. I'm coming after them. Oh my <laughs> God, this is going to be symbiotic. <laughs> Speaking of symbiosis, a friend of ours is here, Connie Britton. So fun. <sighs> favorite actress on my favorite TV show. Jeez, best show ever. Best, best show character. ever, Friday Night Lights, Tammy. <sighs> Coach T and Tammy. Mm. Connie Britton is an actor. She's a singer and a producer. She was in another favorite of ours, the White Lotus. Oh, my God. Ooh. So good. Nashville, Dirty John, Friday Night Lights, American Horror Story. She has a new show available right this second on the Roku channel called Mamas. Mamas follows powerful matriarchs of the animal kingdom, spotlighting the universality of motherhood. I watched several of these, and I loved them, and I couldn't wait to show them to my daughters. They're so good. Yeah. It's about moms in the wild. Oof, my favorite kinds of moms. Mm. Wild moms. <laughs> Please enjoy Connie Britton. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. He's an How are you? How are you? I'm so good. I feel like this is a very long time coming. Oh, yes. Very long time coming. Mm -hmm. I have that purse. I mean, mine's not nearly as cool because it doesn't have the flowers. So, Talk have you ever me. heard of Gracie wallpaper? No, but I need to. Okay, so you've seen it before because it's literally hand-painted, like beautiful <gasps> things like this. Full walls, oh and it's so God. gorgeous. And it's a family, the Gracie family. The jujitsu family? No. <laughs> yeah, no, they're also no. the Gracies. Can you imagine if they're into wallpaper? Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. Uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe <laughs> Samesies. But it's been passed down through generations and generations from, since the 1800s. Oh, my God. And now there's a great granddaughter, Jen Gracie, who still does all the things. I'm getting some Gracie wallpaper from my house, which I'm super excited about. Oh, my about. God. Cool. And. 
she's been so nice to me and she came to my house and I happened to notice she had a Goyard bag that she had painted. How can I get that? And she's like, they're impossible. You can't do it anymore because we can't get them out of China. But I have one oh. coming from China. She gave it to me. No. That's oh. incredible. So limited edition. So oh, limited edition. That's my dream. That's uh, my dream. Can I get you anything to drink? Do you want a coffee or a water or oh. a Diet Coke? Well, I definitely would love a water. Oh. Why is it oh. called liquid death and it's water? Because it's that murders, funny? That's a joke. Murders, murders your thirst. thirst. That's right. Also, your shoes. I just got some... Gucci loafers. They have the back on them, but they're also white. Really? Got them this weekend. We match. You guys should go shopping together. We're so on brand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's important. <laughs> I feel so girly talking about things like that, but yet I love Gucci loafers. Yes, they're made so well. I have a similar addiction, but it's for Jordan. So I totally understand oh, yeah. the emotional attachment to the thing. I just got my first pair of Jordans. <gasps> you did? Yes. What color are they? They're Lakers ones. Oh, oh fun. fun. Purple and yellow? I actually got them in New York City. Okay. And I felt real special because of they course. just come out. Oh. And you can't even get them in LA, which is weird. Oh, now, wow. Do you know what iteration they are? Like, are they ones, twos, threes, fours, This is fives? a four. Okay. That's well, a four. That's cute. I'm weirdly wearing my cartoon shoes today because I don't know if I'm getting a bunion, Connie. Oh, great. It's possible. Wait, hold on. Let me put this yeah, on. Yeah, get so those can... on. That's better. Yeah. Yes. Say bunion I want to just sound extra gross to you. <laughs> Say it again. It's possible I'm getting a bunion. Oh, God. It really <laughs> resonates. Mm. Uh-huh. So what's happening? Because I know you're curious. Please don't take off the sock. It's been hurting here. That's the area of a bunion, right? Yeah. It's the old age, you see. Mm -hmm. My feet are so fucked up. Let's take a gander. Well, okay. <laughs> Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, those are elegant Thank you. Feet. Do you know what? I could have been a foot model. Absolutely. I tell everybody all the time, because they always comment on it. It's so obvious. Yes. And my aunt used to say all the time, oh, honey, you could be a foot model. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, really? <laughs> but then I've broken both of my feet. So you see, oh. Okay, yeah, sure. Which could turn into a bunion. I would take my sock off for you, but you would throw up. <laughs> He's done it. He did it for Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, okay. Well, I guess if Gwyneth Paltrow were here, you would take off your socks. <laughs> yeah, do you want her sloppy seconds no, on this foot? No, never mind. I don't. This is a cautionary tale to you because your feet are beautiful and you know it, which is great. I used to have the most elegant feet you've ever seen oh, in your life. Oh, really? Good God. The most elegant? Truly. I was out bragging about how beautiful my feet were. But again, I don't love a lot of the other stuff. So when I find something I love, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops as I did. I'm going to show you what happened. This is crazy. Okay. What happened? Here's my number. Oh, no. Am Call I gonna, me maybe. Am I going to uh, cry? So I have arthritis. One of the, the knuckles locked. And then I went in there and the guy said, can you unlock that? He said, no problem. I'll just cut this and that. Then he took an x-ray of my foot. He said, you know what? I don't like the arc of this. This toe's out too far. Okay, I'm not a podiatrist. What do I know? But I do have exquisite feet. And I wasn't even nervous. That's how arrogant I was. Oh, no. Look at this. Oh, no. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Take you this, Gwyneth. That. His sock is off, Gwyneth. Look <laughs> how oh, tiny <laughs> Listeners, this is not pretty. <laughs> Look at that Frankenstein foot. Oh my god. Weird That's so it. sad. Is that arthritis? I don't mean to say sad. <laughs> Thank God I got married before I had this foot, Thank right? Thank God. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you guys did that. <laughs>
Your reaction was superior to Gwyneth. I'm just going to say yeah, that. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I have to be Sorry, honest. Gwyneth. I just really wanted to be honest about it. Of yeah. course. That's all I want from you. I know. Yeah, we both know what this foot looks like. Like someone hit it with a fucking anvil well, or something. and I feel closer to you because we've now shared feet. And some insecurities. And some insecurities yeah. right off the bat. You're next. I haven't heard your insecurity, but we'll get to it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what does Let's it mean that time. I've broken both of my feet? How did you break both your feet? Well, the first time I was walking down cobblestone streets in New York City wearing platform shoes okay. and I just fell right off. And then that's how I broke this one, the one that's sticking out now on the side. Okay. And then this one I broke. Do you remember the movie with Hilary Swank called Million Dollar Baby? Obviously. Right? Okay. That movie was written by somebody that I had already worked with, and he was in the process of writing it. And they were like, you would be perfect for this. Do you box? Not yet. Uh-huh. And so I started boxing training and I was jumping rope. My boxing trainer was so impressed. He just kept giving me heavier and heavier ropes to try because oh. oh. he's like, you're a good rope jumper. Yeah. And I could also be a foot model and I keep <laughs> jumping ropes and I fell and I broke my other foot. So wait, one of these heavy ropes caught your right foot. No, no, it didn't catch my right foot. <laughs> you just went down. I went. Well, it was okay. too heavy. Was it late in the workout? Were you fatigued? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I want all the contextual no, clues honestly, so I can. Honestly, <laughs> I've blocked most of the details okay. out. This actually was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. In New York City, you were an aerobics <gasps> yes, instructor. Yes, I was. And we're going to earmark that because I want to touch down on that. Okay. Okay. I think what would be fun is like how we know one another. Yes. And I bet our memories differ. What's your memory? Travel Town. Travel Town. The little train park. You think that's the first time we met? I don't know. That's my most profound memory because you and I were both in shows that Jason Kadams created. Right. And so did we just say hi to each other? Maybe at some events we said hi, but I saw you at Travel Town. I remember that. And I zoomed in and then I engaged. I was taking my daughter when she was one and two and your little boy was probably three. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he now? He's 11. Okay, and Lincoln's nine, so yeah. Okay, I definitely remember that now that you reminded me. Okay. <laughs> but do you remember that we did a movie together? Okay, so here's what's tricky. We didn't have any scenes together. Exactly. Right. We had no scenes mm, together. Mm -mm. Maybe we were in Toronto together. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, ding, ding, ding. It's, this is where I leave you. Good job. Thank you. It's not an easy title to remember. Although I loved the filming of that movie, I love the book that that movie is based on. It was all a, such a delightful experience. Yes, totally. Especially not working with you. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> you probably only worked a couple of days, right? Uh, I worked more than a couple of days, but yes, the movie was very compartmentalized. You were Adam's therapist. I was his girlfriend, so I was in all the family stuff. But I worked not very much on the movie. It was just a few fun days. I remember being in Toronto with you and being on a panel with you and being like, dance is fucking funny. Uh, like in a resentful <laughs> way? Yeah, kind of. I was like, why is he being funnier than me? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I was there for two things, right? So I was there for This Is Where I Leave You and this movie, The Judge. And the judge was Robert Duvall, Billy Bob Thornton, Robert Downey Jr. I'm trying to thread this needle where I'm clearly the least important person here. You come for the Duvall and the Downey of it all. Right. You know, oh, Billy Bob's here. Now, here's the issue. I'm pretty good on those panels, so I want the panel to be good. I'd even argue that the director wants me to make it lively. Right. So I got to really watch my throttle because I could end up steamrolling over these legends. That must be so hard. What a struggle <laughs> for you. <laughs> 
God, it must be so hard for you not to steamroll over legends. <laughs> what I a came life. here today for one purpose, and that is put you in your place. Hold on, I'm being sincere. <laughs> I walk away from those things often, and I go, I shouldn't have been talking that much. I'm not Duval. I had a disproportionate amount of time, and then I feel guilty and like an egomaniac. But were you entertaining? Yes, you were. Again, I'm good at those things, at panels and stuff. Well, yeah, you're funny. You like to talk. You like to ask questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just ran out of everything you know about me. <laughs> okay, so yes, we were all there for that. But I'm going to add, so we were there for This Is Where I'll Leave You, one of the better casts I've ever been in my life. And it just wouldn't end. There were 20 of us there. A lot of talkers. A lot of comedians. A lot of comedians, a lot of talkers. Because I would argue that maybe on your other panel, maybe a little bit of a quieter group. Yeah. For sure. Maybe not Robert Downey Jr., actually. Listen, I think entertaining is entertaining. And frankly, when we were on that panel together, I was like, I want to watch him in everything. He's funny. Okay, so there was resentment, but then there was also some intrigue. Right. Much like most things, jealousy. Yes. Right? <laughs> but I entered any time I met you coming from a much different place than you would have been coming from because i was a super fan of friday Night lights mm -hmm. and i'm a super fan of tammy taylor uh, one of the best characters ever written wow thank you guys oh, it's not to flatter you it's the truth yeah enormous fans so anytime i would have seen you that would have been in my head whereas i can't imagine you were devouring anything i had been <laughs> in <laughs> well not yet because she hadn't done the panel after the panel i devoured everything. We should, define our <laughs> we should define our friendship in two different phases. Yes. Pre-panel and post-panel. I thought you were going to say pre-jet and post-jet. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing we haven't even touched upon for our studio audience. That's right. So we have a mutual friend, Jedediah Jenkins. And I have great curiosity about how you came to know Jedediah. I met Jed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Naturally. I was doing Nashville, and I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and he was Sophia Bush's date. Uh -huh. There we go. And they came and found me, and I found them to be delightful, but was especially intrigued because he quickly let me know that he could introduce me to Samantha Power. He started horse trading with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Uh -huh. And... I was like, you're cool. Let's hang out at the Vanity Fair party. Ah. Sure. And then, of course, it was Jed, who's the biggest delight on the planet. Inordinate amount of magic. So I would have imagined Nashville because, of course, you know he grew up in Nashville. And have you ever met Huey? <coughs> Huey, if you're listening, she almost died. At the thought of you because I was drinking liquid death. <laughs> Murder! And it gagged me. <laughs> You gotta watch out. And this is a commercial for Liquid Death. It's water that murders your thirst. <laughs> and your family. And your family. You know Huey. I know Huey. We hung out one time. Oh, like a dinner? Maybe Jed was in town? Well, I think he came over to my house while I was still living there. Okay, perfect. He's so fantastic. Hold on. We're getting so far ahead of ourselves. Okay, we have to describe Jed first before we describe Huey. Yes, he just has a very high dosage of magic. Famously, it's always a great icebreaker for Jedediah. His father was what inspired Forrest Gump. In that, his father walked across America in the 70s and was on the cover of Time magazine. I had no idea. You didn't know that about? I did not know that. I didn't know his father inspired Forrest Gump. Well, <laughs> now I'm scared. This is what I know about him. Actually, why don't I text him now? Yeah, text him and ask him. But that might be true. Sometimes I don't listen. Sure. But anyways... Very, very smart. I would say one of my favorite thinkers, always willing to take a stab at every single facet of a thing. He's wonderful. 
We're going to call him. Are we going to call him? Okay? Yeah, we're going to call him. Make sure that you keep six feet away, not for COVID, just for bad vibes. Okay, great. <laughs> Did you tell him that you're with me? Yeah. You're on the podcast right now. And I just told them, everyone in America who would listen. Now, I've been played loosey-goosey with Inspired, but Forrest Gump. Is it true? It's true. Why did you never tell me that? Me either. It's not the whole movie. Because remember, that movie is basically capturing all of the 70s through the lens of this one life. And so that big thing, which was my dad walking across America, Nat Geo, whatever, they just put it in the movie as him running across. And he looks just like my dad in that scene. Wow. And your dad almost peed his pants at the White House because he drank too many Dr. Peppers. And he ruined a Black Panther party. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Keep that one close to the chest. Oh, my God. I didn't know any of this, Jed. You should really lead with that story. He did with me. Not with me. Maybe he doesn't tell women. We were singing your praises, but now we know. Well, you got to speak to women in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you really got to make it simple. And Forrest Gump's a complicated story. (laughs) That is true. It is a very Twists and turns. Is he brilliant? Is he not? Wow. All right, Jed, we love you. Thanks, Jed. Okay, love you, as you were. Hi. Give my love to Adele. Bye. <laughs> now, here's a sincere question. Oh yes. This is dangerous. Am I being replaced by Adele? Yeah. yeah I give him infinite amounts of shit about that. <laughs> I understand. Is there anyone above Adele? Beyonce. Could be Beyonce. I Could don't know. Be. Adele globally. The thing is, I wish he would help get her on this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, that's the thing. If he would just utilize these friendships right. to our advantage. He's like horse trading Samantha Powers and shit. I did take advantage of that one. You did. I did because oh, he introduced right, right, right. me to her. Now I'm friends with her. Oh, wonderful. We interviewed her. Kristen and I did. We did a little 10 episode female podcast. Yeah. We got to talk to her and she's just very cool. She's so cool. She's so brilliant. Yes. She's a great Intimidatingly mom. so. Intimidatingly so. Every time I hear her name, I confuse her for the woman who was very popular in the 90s. Stephanie Powers. Is that it? From heart to heart. No, I'm talking the financial consultant. She had white hair that was super short, and she'd make speeches to get your finances in control. She was huge. I want to say her name was Samantha Powers. Are you talking about the lady, true crime? No, 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 Nancy. No. Um, Pelosi? Nope. I interviewed Nancy Pelosi last Monday. You did not. Yes, I did. How did that go? So great. What was it for? It was for this Global Citizen event in New York because the Global Citizen is a great organization that's trying to end poverty and global warming and all the things that are killing us in our humanity. And I've done a lot of stuff with them and they're really wonderful So I've been shooting in New York a lot. And basically, I go into New York and I shoot as condensed amount of time as I can so I can race back here to Yobi, my son, because I have to leave him here because he's in school. And so I go to New York and it's around the clock just shooting and then I get home. So I wasn't shooting in New York last week. So I had originally said I can't go to the Global Citizen panel event because... I'm not in New York. Right. But we want you to come interview Nancy Pelosi. Let me take the last flight <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Sunday yeah. and then leave an hour after I interview her. Politics has become the ugliest of the ugly. I don't recognize us in it yeah. anymore. When I see somebody like Nancy and she's in it, she's deep in it, obviously. 
as in it as you can be. Mm-hmm. She's a polarizing figure. And she's a polarizing figure because politics is polarizing. But being able to speak to her face to face, and we were speaking specifically about lifting up and empowering young women around the world and how that would actually help to end poverty around the world. But you can't have that conversation right now without talking about Roe v. Wade, Yeah, which is part of the reason why I really felt like it was important to talk to her about it. Right now, how are you, this woman who's been a leader amongst men and women for most of your life, you tell us, what do we do right now? What do we do? So that's why I wanted to do it. By the way, she did all the talking. I had like four <laughs> questions that I sort of got one and a half in, yeah. you know, and then yeah. she just riffs and goes. Her wisdom I found really inspiring. Worth the trip. Worth the trip. That's wonderful. So that was really cool. But what were we talking about? Jed. Jedediah. Jedediah. That was our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. I asked about you being an aerobics instructor mm. in New York. Right. Which I said, has I want to earmark to that. to do with politics. It has <laughs> everything to do with politics. <laughs> All of our current politics are a response to those aerobics. You know what? You're right. If we had just kept to aerobics mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. Simpler times. Simpler times. Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. that whole phase. Mm-hmm. You didn't know if she was on the left or the right. You knew she was dancing right up the middle. That's right. Right up the middle with her (laughs) bandana wrapped around her head. Uh I literally never taught an aerobics class without a bandana. Oh, good. You had one. Yes, I did. And the scrunchy socks. Okay. Now, also, I want to throw out there, we've got Jedediah, we've got Seen Each Other Travel Town, we've got the Having Banan shows created by Jason Kadams, both Writing Lights and Parenthood. I also want to touch in on, you and Lauren have some weird parallel lives or something, because you're both from Virginia. We're both from Virginia. We both played Dolly and Hello, Dolly when we were 16. We're the exact same age. Actually, our birthdays are 10 days apart. Wild. And we met... In New York, we were taking the same acting class. This is the Meisner one? Well, he was a Meisner sort of descendant. His name was Wynne Hanman. He actually just passed away. He was just one of the most amazing, important men of the theater. He opened a theater in New York City that was one of the original progressive off-Broadway theaters called the American Place Theater. And he taught at Carnegie Hall. So we would go twice a week to this incredible acting class in Carnegie Hall. She was in that class, and she and I didn't necessarily bond right out of the gate. Well, I'll tell you why right now. I don't even need to ask. You're both from Virginia. You're the same age. You have the same ambition. You're bringing that Virginia to it. You don't need a fucking doppelganger in there. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've got a lane. I guess you're right, except you know what? We're not all competitive like that. Well, <laughs> oh, at 20, if you're not competitive, then you might as well retire now. I was always like, she doesn't like me. <laughs> and then we got assigned a scene together. Oh. And what's funny is I actually just saw Lauren yesterday. Where? At my house. Ding, she ding, came ding. over. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, she just came over to my oh house. Oh, my gosh. Because my house similarly looks something like yours in that it's been... In some state of construction for a very long time. Yeah, how long? We're on year four. I'm on year four. Oh, wonderful. But I'm almost done. And so my pool finally was going. And so I just had a couple friends over. And you know, she lives right there. Speaking of beautiful wallpaper, she has 
Great style. Yes, she has great style. See, another thing you guys are overlapping. It's amazing you can be friends. I'm impressed. Well, do you know what else? I got an apartment in New York when I was doing Spin City, which was my first series regular on a sitcom, Spin City with Michael J. Fox. So I bought an apartment in New York City in this great building. I'm not going to tell you what it is. (laughs) And... Then Lauren bought the apartment two doors down from my apartment the next year. (gasps) And we always used to make a joke. We'd talk about the roles that I would play. And then she's like, and I'm the wacky next door neighbor. And I come to your door and I'm like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, do you have any sugar? Uh And then we decided that that's what we were actually living because we now live two doors down from each other. These are very parallel lives. It's actually uncanny. We're sisterly, even though we've had moments in time where we have not seen as much of each other. It's that kind of really deep connection. Going back to acting class, we were assigned a scene together. She was like, well, I guess if you want to come over to my apartment this weekend, we can work on it. I was like, okay. That's kind of how we were. Like, she's all like, "Mm, whatever, barely making eye contact. Uh, And I'm like, I'm enthusiastic. uh (laughs) And so I go over there and it's basically a scene where two friends are getting wasted on champagne. So, of course, we take out champagne and just like drink all afternoon because we were super method. And then we became friends. Oh, my God. Alcohol can really bring people together. It's been doing it for centuries. Okay. Now, back to Virginia. Your father is, was a physicist. Both of my parents have passed away. My father was a physicist. Once your father's a physicist, I imagine dating is then hard for the rest of your life. Oh, that's an interesting connecting point. You mean because he's just so smart? The primary male love of your life is a genius. And so you've limited your pool of options pretty significantly. Yes. My father was probably the greatest man I ever knew in my life. But also when you're a physicist, when you go to MIT when you're 16. Oh my God. Wonderkind? Literally. And you're just putting together radios at the youngest age and leave behind everything you know to go to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He grew up in the South and went far North and went straight through and got a PhD in nuclear physicist. There's a level of commitment to that and cerebral attention to that. Folks that have that ability spend a lot of time in their own heads. Yes, yes. Very intellectual, but also very focused on work. A little bit of a workaholic. Sure. So now you need a genius who has limited time for you. No, the opposite is I've gone through all my therapy and been, why can't I find an amazing man and partner? It's a lot about this emotionally unavailable thing, which is a hard thing to come to terms with because my father was so awesome and he was so loving to me and to my sister, but there was a lack there. He was also a 60s dad, which is a different expectation expectation for dad in the 60s. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I've provided, check. And he was very conventional in that way. He and my mom both lived inside a cultural norm that felt very conventional and particularly in the South. When your dad has an important job, this is like interstellar, right? When Matthew McConaughey has to go to the moon, I mean, has to go into space, I'm sorry. There's no time travel required for the moon. Has to go into space. (laughs) The daughter just has to accept that because it is more important than her. It's a higher calling. Right. And it's so hard as the daughter or the kid to like have to have that acknowledgement. That thing he's doing might 
save X, Y, or Z, or might be more important than me objectively. It's just a bizarre thing to have to hold. It is. But it's not comforting, right? Because my mother, too, had the same thing. I'm a single mother. She built this incredible business, and we often took a back seat to that, and understandably so. She had to support three of us. And this thing, this business, was more important than us because it's what made us possible. Wait, I didn't know you had a single mother. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, I'm a single mom. I would love to hear your perspective on that sometime, and it doesn't have to be right this second. But what your perspective is on the fact that your mother had to split her time from you. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you feel like I do, which is I very much like my life. Yeah. I love my life. So whatever weird road it took to get here, I'm fine with. I, too, wanted women who were committed to something wholeheartedly, and I wanted to compete with that, and I found one. So I'm married to someone who could easily, if she let herself, think that her pursuit is more important than me. That's right there on the table to happen. Right, right. So, of course, I'm attracted to that, and it's familiar to me. Yeah. And I've only liked women who are super, super ambitious and industrious and might care about something more than me. Because I ultimately, I'm sure, like your therapy (laughs) taught you, I want to have this person pick me over everything to make up for my mother not picking me first over everything. Wow. Oh, my god! But it fucking worked. I love who I'm married to. I love that she's industrious. I love that my daughters have her as a model. And over time, we've negotiated all those things. And that's the thing, because now I actually am in an amazing relationship. Does he have any kids? He has two kids. Oh, he does. Okay. And that's a whole other thing, making that work and understanding the different dynamics. We're now managing all of those relationships. What I keep saying is that's the intimacy. The intimacy is pulling all those pieces together and finding who you are in partnership with all of the stuff that isn't just the perfection, with all the messiness. That's actually where I get the most joy. Those are the things that define you as a person and how you navigate them. That's where you pick up tools. You want your kids to have some manageable struggle throughout life so they're competent and confident and they'll enter the world where they'll find themselves in many complicated situations and they'll have some practice. Yeah. I want to talk about you making that decision you adopted. Yeah. Yes. So I'm doing egg freezing. I'm about to start that process. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thanks. And it's tricky because I don't know if I'm ever going to use them. There's just all these questions that come up and every woman has to think about this Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. There's a lucky few born without a uterus. Don't rule them out. No, but then they have to make the decision. Do they want to adopt? Do they still want to have children? You're right. You're right. right. It's just something that's unavoidable for women to think about. And so I want to know what led you there. Truly what led me there was that I really became interested in, specifically in Ethiopia. I had a friend who was spending a lot of time there. This is in the 2000s, during pretty terrible moment in the AIDS epidemic and a lot of orphans there. He would come back with these pictures and photograph after photograph of these incredible children who have nothing... And they have this vitality to them. I literally remember looking at that and being like, what is that? I have to go there and I have to figure out what that is. And so I did. And then I just kept going back and I was going to make a documentary at one point about Ethiopian orphans and the specific orphan that was being born to another orphan girl. Anyway, never finished it. But my friends used to tease me. They're like, you're going to come back with a baby. Uh As if, first of all, (laughs) that's how it works, which guess what, people? It doesn't. (laughs) 
But it did make me think this is something I would love to be able to do. And I've always wanted to give voice to the voiceless and give support to those in need, and particularly children. I've spent a lot of my life figuring out the most viable way to be able to do that. Now more than ever, it just feels so daunting. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, everything feels very overwhelming. I remember even when I first went to Ethiopia and I was going into orphanages, I came back and I was just really paralyzed by the whole thing. Yeah, where do you start? Where do you start? Quite honestly, my decision to adopt was less about, I'm going to save an orphan because that felt like a drop in the bucket. And yet I also saw you can save one life. But beyond that, I just had a really strong affinity to the people and to the culture and just felt like something I was drawn to do. And I also thought that I would have biological children in partnership with someone. And as I was getting older, and in fact, I lost both of my parents within three years of each other. I was like, oh, wow, it's just me and my sister, my twin sister, and she's on the other side of the country. And what am I waiting for? Yeah. That's a scary feeling. Yeah. I would imagine It's at least. interesting because losing both of my parents, I had this very primal feeling of feeling like an orphan. Yeah. Yeah, untethered. Even when you're an adult and you have a very fortunate life, still, there's something very primal about it. Oh, big time. So it was pretty life-changing for me. I'm not waiting anymore. I know I want to adopt from Ethiopia. I'm going to start the process with yeah. that. And I still kind of thought at that point, well, maybe I'll still be able to have a biological child and end up doing that. And first of all, adoption is a very tricky process in its own right. And it's become much more so, which is tragic that really international adoption is not a great option now. Most countries have really closed that off, yeah. which is not a reflection at all on how many orphans there are in the world. There are still children that are being left on the side of the road. Parents are dying. And it's just that there are now limited structures in place for how to care for them. So it's not that there's any less of a problem, but along with all the other things that are happening in the world, people are becoming very insular in the way that they're thinking about themselves and populist movement throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah. I took two years from beginning to end to actually get a child. And during the second year of waiting, the adoption numbers went, it was 50 a day to like five a day. At any moment, I thought that they were going to just shut it down entirely. But it worked out. And I feel really fortunate because you can't really do that anymore. That time, it, it never even occurred to me that it would be considered unusual to be a white adoptive mother of a child of color. And what's happening in the world right now, I'm feeling more and more like an anomaly. I never even used to think about it. Versus 11 years ago. Versus 11 years ago. Perspectives have changed in so many different directions. To go back to your question, I do think it's such an important thing for us to think about as women, even if the thinking is, guess what? I don't really want to have a kid. Right. Frankly, being a single mom is not easy. Yeah. And it was my choice, but it wouldn't necessarily have been my dream. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Obviously, I'm not in a position to necessarily do it like y'all are, but I was definitely like, well, if this thing doesn't work out with Kristen, I'm definitely going to get a child and raise a child by myself. I'm not leaving planet Earth without being a dad. Wow. So I even was like, I'm going to have to figure out whether I get a surrogate or what happens, but I definitely won't leave this planet not having experienced that. That's interesting. I think that's kind of unusual yeah. for a man. Probably. I had a little sister who is six and a half years younger than me, and I very much cared for her, and I wasn't afraid to do it. Yeah, I don't know why. I just always was like, well, I definitely am going to do that. What could be cooler? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Because you're a great dad. I'm really aiming to be. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
I love that. Yeah. I really love a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> really into it. Great dads are great. We love great dads. You know, dads. it's because we're so rare. <laughs> I know. My boyfriend is a great dad. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Um, it's so attractive. It's the best. I will say, it's very tricky, though, because I can't delineate between all these different variables in an equation. But certainly when I would have Lincoln on my chest when she was eight months old and she was still in the BR and I'd go to Home Depot, Definitely women were like, oh, safe to talk to. And then it was almost informative of, oh, women want to talk to men, but so many of us are dangerous that they don't, but yeah. they'd like to. Women are just coming up to you and chatting with you. Wow, is it the safety? Is it that I'm more attractive because I have this baby on my chest? I don't think it's because I'm on TV, this situation. There's a lot to weed through. But it's very intriguing. Five-axed with women willing to just come talk to me. Yeah. It makes you so approachable and so accessible. I don't ever like to generalize about, oh, because women are so nurturing, whatever. Because some women aren't. I have many women friends who are not interested in being parents. And they're going to hell. Just so you know, they will burn in hell. Bad women. I do think that for women who are drawn to the maternal thing or whatever, and then they see a man who is embracing that. It's a mate selection thing. It's, oh, yeah. they're committed. Yeah, but also it's there's a connector there that maybe wouldn't be there if you didn't have that baby on for your chest. For sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's sweet. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Mint Mobile. It's time to stop putting it off. Get your spring cleaning done. And I'm not just talking about your house. Now is a great time to look through your finances and see where you could save. Like, how much are you spending on your phone plan? Because if you're not using Mint Mobile, you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Think about what you could buy with this saved money. Listen, if you switch to Mint Mobile within a few months, you could get yourself a gorgeous pair of Geordies. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Check change phone plan off your to-do list and switch to Mint Mobile. You can get plans for just 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash DAX. That's mintmobile.com slash DAX. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
We are supported by Canva. Good presentations take time. Or they used to, because now you have Canva to help you make amazing slides fast. I'm talking like seconds, thanks to the power of AI and Canva presentations. All you have to do is start with a prompt like a sales presentation for a tech company, then sit back and let Canva work its magic. It's incredible what AI is doing. I'm seeing all kinds of image generated. I follow I these architectural websites that it's all AI generated. It's just mind blowing what it comes up with. You just tell it what you want and it'll do it. Boom. It's a time saver and it's easy for any department to use. And it's great for companies of any size. Even Fortune 500 companies rely on Canva. Finish your work faster and generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Okay, I have a mystery. Oh. I like to thin slice people. I'm wrong a lot, but I'm right sometimes. There is something unique when I was reading about you that I was like, huh, curious. Because you're a bombshell. <laughs> oh, you're a total bombshell. Objectively. Objectively a oh fucking bombshell. Tammy had me on the <laughs> run. What I can't make sense of is you going to high school and then going to Dartmouth and then majoring in Asian studies and then deciding, you know what, I'm going to learn to speak Chinese and then going to Beijing to learn Chinese. Yeah. That's incongruous with the bombshell I know of you. So it makes me really curious who you were in high school. If you had to put yourself on the strata of Beverly Hills 90210. I started this by saying I was a bombshell. Oh, you are. Oh You're a fucking heartthrob. I love that. My nuclear physicist dad and my sweet mom who, as she used to say, did not work outside the home. That in combination with sort of like the conventional Virginia thing, which is much more demure as opposed to bombshell. You don't want to be too uppity and call yourself a bombshell. You would never. Yeah. And there were the girls who did, but you know, they right. were those kind of girls. Yeah. You don't see them in church on Sunday. No, you don't, no. or you do, but you know what they were doing the night before. Uh -huh. You have this sort of beauty pageant, but my parents were way too intelligent. No offense to beauty pageant people. Right. But <laughs> although a little offense. Teeny weeny tiny. There's some shade you can throw. The value in my upbringing was not on bombshellism. Sure. Bombshellery. Bombshellery. <laughs> I have so many actress friends and they grew up with models on the wall of their bedrooms and all that stuff. And that was just not... You had Oppenheimer. <laughs> the sexy poster of Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a babe. Wait, I guess... <laughs> you guys, you know who my first heartthrob was? John Denver. Yeah. Wow. Guys, that tells us everything I we need to know. I get so much shit from my friends. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Listen to Annie's song one time. <laughs> sure. Listen to him and uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit yeah, sing on a log. I mean, and he was pure as the driven goddamn snow. <laughs> he was. Blonde toehead. Very safe. Very G. Oh, but I used to fantasize about John Denver. Oh my God, what was he going to do with you? I don't know, but... Sing to you? We'd play hide and seek at my neighbor's house and I would be hiding underneath the stairs in the dark closet just dreaming about John Denver singing any song to me and doing all kinds of things that I didn't even know what they were yet. Oh, I love this. 
Oh, I heard John Denver knew how to play more than just the guitar. That's right. I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but I was feeling oh, wow. it. Wow. But you knew. Your body knew. <laughs> that's right. That's in lockstep with the Chinese major. <laughs> so here's the thing. I did acting in high school, and it was my joy, my joy, my joy, my joy. But I have to say, I'm so grateful for this to this day. Meryl Streep was my idol. I was much more interested in that kind of actress that could just completely transform herself. Yeah, then Alana Turner. I just didn't relate to it. Truly, I didn't relate to that. But can I stab at that for one second? Okay. Yeah. If I were your therapist, which I hope to be after this. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. No way. If I were you and I secretly wanted to pursue this very useless endeavor of acting, it's not intellectual, it's not esteemed, it's almost silly. If I were going to commit to it, I'd want to show my father, I'm not doing this to be a celebrity or to get attention. I'm doing this to be a master. But also, I never saw it as silly. You didn't mind telling your parents? No, my parents thought it was the greatest thing. My parents both played music. They both loved music. My mother had taught music before she became a stay-at-home mom. So wait, kids would come to your house to play piano or no, something? No, but she would teach at school. And they had a really great appreciation for the arts. Maybe we could call it the arts. Okay. And I mean, there was literally never a bigger moment of pride in my mother's entire life than when I walked down the high school student built stairs on the set of Hello, Dolly for my curtain call. And Aww. my mother used to describe it. She's like, and the entire audience rose <laughs> to their feet. You know? And my mother bawling, crying. You know what I mean? And bless her heart, she died actually before Friday Night Lights. Oh, she did? But my dad didn't. Oh, he got to see Tammy Taylor. He did, and he oh. came down to Texas and visited oh. us and got to meet everybody. Because he was from the South. My dad was Southern and he loved that so much. And I think you're right. They saw me a little bit like, well, we don't know where she comes from, but look at this. And they were just so proud about it. Monica's father is from India, came when he was 23. Really? And he's at these cheer competitions. She won the state <laughs> cheerleading competition. You did? And he's in the audience and he knows the whole routine and he doesn't know what cheerleading is. Yeah. And his daughter's a standout cheerleader. Like, what a ride. By the way, that's true love, I think. Like, we're going yeah. back to being a good dad or a good parent. If you can have that deep desire for your kid to find their light whatever that fucking looks like one funny thing though is i interviewed him and i said when your daughter said i'm gonna go be a cheerleader were you like what is that and he goes i didn't think she'd be good enough to make the team so i wasn't even worried <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't even need as many time thinking about this because she's not going to make the team. All of it. Oh, he yeah. also thought that about me coming out here. He's like, well, she'll just be a lawyer at some point. Yeah, she'll, she'll decide this is not going to work out. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I'm like you. I have an incredible father. I can't find a person that's better than him. So yeah. it's a hard bar. And then when you said when your parents both died, it just made me think, yeah, that's the only source of unconditional love you're given in your life. Yeah is your parents and then your children. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that once that left you, you were like, I need that again. Yes, exactly. It's, it's scary to be on planet Earth without a source of permanent love. And a family system. Yeah. Mm. And that's interesting what you say about unconditional love because now it's the other direction because now it's from Yobi, but he... Their love is very conditional. <laughs> He can love me so much that he treats me like shit. Yes. Like he treats me like he would treat nobody else. I would call theirs endearing love and ours unconditional. Yeah, yeah the parent down is the unconditional love, but that's what you miss 
when that goes away. And ironically, not that this whole episode is a sales pitch to have kids, but giving unconditional love feels even better than receiving unconditional love. Yes. Giving it. Totally. Is I'm a better person than I ever thought I could be. Yeah. Nothing will take me off the task of loving these kids. Nothing can do it. And I'm like, I didn't know I was capable of that. But when love is real like that, it's just always going to lift you up. It's going to lift the other person up, but it's going to lift you up when it's real and mm-hmm. unconditional like that. That is amazing. That's the only reason to be here on planet Earth. I know. It's so special. I know. It's really true. Okay. We finally arrived at aerobics instructing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Believe now that I know that you were a cheerleader. Were you a cheerleader? No, I was not. Actually, that's not true. I went to a girls' school in middle school, and they had a basketball team, and I was a cheerleader for one basketball season of a girls' basketball team. I was not even very good at that. You didn't have enough practice. You could have been great. No. We'll get you there. Monica, we'll get you there. there. When I'm your therapist and she's your coach, (laughs) you won't imagine the world that's going to unfold before your eyes. Oh, my God. Okay, we actually, we didn't wrap one thing up. Why Chinese? Why go to Beijing? Oh, okay. Because I went to Dartmouth, which I was so excited about. I thought it was so cool that you could go to this school. They have this quarter system so you can take all these off terms that are really built into the system. So you can take a term and go study in China or a term and go work in New York. And I did that one year, which is part of what led me to pursue acting is I ended up being an intern on an off-Broadway play in New York one term. I was so excited. I came from a public school in a small town in Virginia, and I had to fulfill a language requirement. And I just was like, what's the craziest one? Yeah, yeah. what's the very hardest? Yeah, what's impossible? <laughs> That's just stupidity okay, <laughs> on okay. my part. Because uh, first of all, the reason I had to fulfill a language requirement is because I wasn't very good at language. Me either. Same. So maybe I should have taken that into account. But luckily, because somehow it was drilled into my head, you can do it. You can do anything. I'm going to do Chinese. And then I'm going to go study in China. And do you learn Mandarin or Cantonese Mandarin. or do you have to pick? Most people speak Mandarin? I think it's pretty split and they're very different sounding languages. Yeah. This was pretty much, I think, only a Mandarin program. Mm-hmm. And that's what they speak in Beijing. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were there still not decommunized yet. Oh, yeah. I went the summer after my freshman year. So So 86? 86. It was still all bicycles. Bicycle was the only mode of transportation. Most people were still wearing Mao suits. It was culture shock. It was super culture shock. Yeah. Nobody had fully warned me about it because basically I was a naive girl from Virginia. And also the air was so thick with coal dust. From the industry. From the industry and just from that was their form. Oh, they were heating energy. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so it was big, big culture shock and very communist. And signs in parks that said no dogs or Chinese allowed. No Chinese? Yeah. Because in the communist culture, they would make nice things. They had this thing called the friendship store. They was basically all for tourists or people who weren't Chinese people. But if you were communist, you were not allowed to participate in any of that. I got you. So there were parks for tourists and not for Chinese. Oh, right. Wow. Or foreigners or high-level communists. This is like places you can drink in the Middle East that you can only drink if you're a tourist. Yeah. Huh. When you go to Russia, you could buy stuff. I went there in 94. Five, so maybe six years after it, the wall had come down. And even then, there were still shops that were just for Westerners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. Weird. It's so weird. Oh, it's so weird. 
Okay, now we're past that. Thank okay, you so much for that. It. And we already expressed our love for Friday Night Lights. It's just the greatest show ever. God, um, it's good. In I fact, know. I know I love that show. There was a fun thing for me and Minka Kelly because she was on Parenthood as well, oh, and she and I right. had a bunch of scenes together. I'm somehow on a show where I'm going to cheat on my fiance, who's Joy Bryant, with Minka Kelly. Talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Who's kidding who? <laughs> She would say, oh, my God, I like Parenthood so much. And I go, well, Friday Night Lights is so much better than Parenthood. And she's like, no way. Parenthood's so much better than Friday Night Lights. I think because when you're on a show, you can only appreciate it so much. Because it's not like you're watching an episode not knowing what's going to happen. You've read the script. Yeah. And I don't know that one's better or worse than the other. But I just thought it was funny that each other thought each other's show was by far superior. Oh, right. That's so funny. I'm not asking you to comment on that. I just, I know. I, I just, is this can basically you... you trying to get me to tell you how great Parenthood is, was? No, because no, no, guess no. what? I never watched it. I'm the worst about watching TV. <laughs> the worst. No, listen. Friday Night Lights is maybe the best show that's been on network television in the last 30 years. Well, here's the thing that I can say to that. Because I'm such a bad TV watcher, and in fact, one of the great joys of making Friday Night Lights was we were shooting it in Austin, Texas, and we felt so removed from the Hollywood, what are the ratings? In fact, our writers were in LA, but because of the way that show was developed, they really entrusted us to like take what they wrote and then we improvised stuff and it was a really beautiful chemistry. Which was replicated on Parenthood, by the way. Yes. And you have a quote, I want to read it to you because I actually wrote it down. I got a lot of what my values are as an actor from that experience. Yeah. I deeply relate to that statement. I left that show knowing exactly what I would do for the rest of my life as an actor in some weird way. I know what you mean. And the fact that we were not focused on anything external just contributed to this thing that we were creating that we all just cared about so much. Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, because Kadams gives us a little ownership, you get to say it in a way that you love, that he loves. You're on the fucking team when you're on a Kadam show. I know. And it changes everything, right? Yes, it does. And I remember Kyle Chandler and I, when we were getting to the point where the show was about to end, we would have these conversations with each other. We've got to hold ourselves true. Here's what is priority. Here's what our values are. Here's what we will not compromise. And so then when I finished doing the show and I was looking for the next thing, I, in multiple different ways, tried to like recreate that badly. Like it went badly. You don't make any friends doing that. No. It's rough. And it sucks because you've seen it fucking work. Yes. Like you guys had infamously short shoot days, as did Parenthood. It's so economical. You got in there. You shot with three cameras. You were alive. They got it. And then you went on to the next thing. Your audience appreciates it because they feel like you're inviting them into something that's very intimate. And then you go to Nashville and you're on something that's choreography and staging. Exactly. That would have been hard. Exactly. It was a steep, steep learning. Being on a Kadem show pretty much ruined you for the rest of your career. Well, and it's funny because I'm on a Kadem show now. I can't believe that. You made your way back home. You reached out to me about this show and it was shooting in New York and I'm in LA. Oh gosh, I I don't know. I've been really fortunate because I have been able to work multiple times with people that I love who I've come up with 
in this business. And I love that. It's sort of that idea of having a family. Yeah, for yeah, sure. And a troop in a way. You've picked some good people to have these yeah, connections with, Yeah, I've been with, really by the way. lucky like that. <laughs> I really just wanted to figure it out. So we're doing it. And years have passed since Friday Night Lights. And I go to work every day and I'm just like, I can't believe it. We're doing it. We're I'm doing back. the I'm thing. Back. We yeah. are doing it. Oh, it's got to be like fucking vitamins. Yeah, it is. What is it? Dear Edward. Dear Edward. It's a book? It's based on a book. I mean, it's based on a book. I guess I can tell you. It's really sad because it's like a plane crash. Oh, good. And everybody dies except for this kid named Edward. And then the show is actually about all the people that are left behind. Mm -hmm. So it's a true ensemble and much like our work on This Is Where I Leave You, there are all these other actors in the show, most of whom I don't work with very much. Right. That's his specialty. He just builds these ensembles. Yes. It's incredible. But then, right, when we work together, because we all get together in grief group, I know it sounds really sad. Well, look, Paranormal was about autism, it was about cancer, and Somehow there are plenty of laughs. Yeah. Everybody's always like, what do you like better, comedy or drama? And I'm like, both at the same time. Dramedy. Yeah. Because that's how humans are. We need comedy. We need humor in order to get through it. The harder the thing is, the more humor we need. Thousand Definitely. percent. Yeah. It's a joy to be back in that fold. And enough time passes and you start to be like, did that really happen? You start thinking, maybe I remembered that better. Revision is history. A, that was my big, yeah, you were on Spin City, but now you're a driving force in this very special show. Yes. For the first time ever. And then you're in Austin, yeah. which is the most magical city in the country. Mm-hmm. By the so way, much. real estate tip, wherever Connie works, buy immediately. Because so Austin, true. 6X since you did that show. Then you go to Nashville, and Nashville's 4X since you did that show. Right. I can't imagine New York's going to... Guys, wait to see what's going to happen to that little <laughs> podunk town in New York City. <laughs> but next time you take a job in a city that's maybe not in the top six markets, you let me know so I can get in. By the way, we shot White Lotus in Maui. Yeah. Now Maui's blowing up. I've been to that hotel as a patron. Yeah. The notion that I could be there for a month... I don't know. You probably worked every other day or something. Is again a big ensemble, right? I mean, that's the lotto and Mike White and the I whole know, thing. I know it was so dreamy. Just working with an auteur like him. Yeah, yeah. But the cast was insane. The cast mm. oh, and like man. the dearest people. And I'm not asking you to talk shit, but I'm just praying Steve Zahn is as wonderful as I've always loved him watching him. Steve Zahn is so <laughs> wonderful. He's such a pro, first of all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he's a real pro. I know he always plays doofuses and shit. I know. You might think he's a dumbass, but you have to be brilliant to be a dumbass. No, no. He's a serious human mm-hmm. and such a joy and so fun and real. And he fucking made me laugh <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he's hard. so funny oh he's my so God. funny when's the last time you saw out of sight did you ever see wait it? was that the one Clooney with... and lopez yeah, yeah, yeah. soderbergh a long time steve's on in that movie that's one of the great performances okay in cinema well history. i'm now gonna go back and watch it here's the problem and i don't know if you have this but maybe you're better at watching things than i am because i watch things so infrequently i only now watch kids movies I'm like oh, loving right. that he's getting a little bit older. Yeah. Does he want to see Top Gun? Well, you know, it's funny. We had the opportunity to go this weekend and he was like, oh, I'll go see it later. You guys should go. I went last I night. I it's amazing. Have not been to a movie theater. 
in very long time. It was fucking packed. That movie delivers beyond belief. It reminded me of being nine years old and watching movies. My friends who went were like, it's going to be nominated for Oscars and it's going to win. <laughs> it's wow. incredible. I'm like, what? Okay. It is a party. You got to get your kid there when it's packed so we can have the experience we all had as kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a riot. You're clapping. You're cheering. Did you go to IMAX? I went to Man's Chinese. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Oh, ding, 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 Chinese. Oh, Chinese. That takes it all back. So I have to go see Top Gun. Oh, my God. That's okay. So fun. We must now speak of Mama. Oh, Mama's. Mama's with an S. Mama's. <laughs> Multiple. Clearly, you haven't seen it. I did. You did? Yes. I watched Potter Wasps. I have so much to say about Potter wasps. Tell me so everything. really quick, Connie narrates a new show okay. that's all about mamas in nature Aww. and the fucking beat down mamas have to take. Yeah, it's actually fascinating to me. I learned a lot. Dudes have it made throughout the whole animal kingdom, not just humans. Other than that, <laughs> we have to fight each other and die frequently. Other than that part, we got it made. I know. I mean, really, it's you could have serious wasp. philosophical conversation about the depth of really what it is to be a mother yeah. across... All this poor potter yeah. wasp, Monica, uh -huh. it takes a little ball of clay that it's made with its saliva and some dirt oh. and picks it up and flies it. And it's 25% of its body weight. And then it smears it into this pot. It makes it this little dome what? that she'll put her larva in there or her one baby. And then she goes out and kills like 40 caterpillars <laughs> and puts them inside there. Guess what? She's going to make 10 of those. Wow. And she's only alive for what was it? Two months or something? I mean, something oh, ridiculous. No. She'll never meet the babies? Yeah, she never meets the babies. <gasps> oh, oh, that's so sad. She'll be dead. Think about that when you're laying your eggs. Yeah. Oh, my when God. When you're laying your eggs. <laughs> I'm laying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I get to meet those babies. I hope you make a little nest in your apartment oh. to lay your eggs. Yeah, make a little nest. Make a little pot. <laughs> I didn't see all of them, but it's a great, great show. And they're small, six to ten minutes. Yeah, and sure. I can't wait to go watch them all with my daughters because we love nature shows. I know. It's so beautiful. The one I want to talk about is hyenas because that's my favorite. That's a matriarchy, hyenas, as I recall. Uh-huh. And their clitorises are so big that they look like penises. Funny thing, we didn't talk about that <laughs> on the didn't? show. You didn't? Well, in the six-minute limited time we had. Forever biologists and zoologists didn't know that it was a matriarchy because the clitoris looks just like a penis. No, they thought they were all men. Yeah, they thought they were men. That and then they watched a couple of the penises give birth, and they're like, whoa, 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 what the fuck's going on? But it's part of the matriarchal evolution of that animal Maybe to replicate the males. Maybe that's why they scream so loud, am so I much right? Pleasure. So, so much pleasure. So much pleasure. So the wind blows hard. Good for them. God bless the hyenas. Should we all be Jealous. blessed with penis-sized clitoris? Good day. But I got to imagine this is a very easy sell to you. I just started my little baby production company. Okay. And they came to us and they're like, we have this beautiful thing. I think there's something about me that people relate to mama's yeah. mm -hmm, situation. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's why I think they thought of me. And it was an opportunity to produce something that they'd already done all this work. I mean, they had all this gorgeous footage. Yeah, yeah. I really do love anything that creates thought around a bigger world that is then completely relatable to like who we are on the most fundamental levels. Yeah, you're looking at the tiniest thing, this wasp. Yeah. I mean, you know how they're filming it. It's impossible 
possible. So crazy. You just can't help but to scale it up to us uh-huh. while you're watching it. Yeah. Like me, I'm watching, I'm like, fucking women, man. They get it around every corner. But it would be interesting also if it was maybe, oh, but that's what happens for the wasp, or that's what happens for the hyena. But it's all of these animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's standard. Let us point out, and let's give credit where it's due, those penguins. Remember that March of the Penguins? Oh, and those yeah. fucking dads had to sit on those eggs just as long as the moms. Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. They're pretty good I dads. Like that. that's yeah. pretty good. We've got yeah. one example. There's one example. Yeah, that's a feather in our male cap. It was equal. They didn't do more, right? Right. They probably did like 51%, I'd imagine. And also, where did those eggs come from? Who had to squirt them out? That, I heard, is very pleasurable. So, <laughs> you did. as Monica will find out in her nest. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she squirts out some eggs. Yeah, will you tell us if it's <laughs> pleasurable? When I lay my eggs. <laughs> oh, she doesn't even know how big your eggs are either. Oh, <laughs> Dax likes to say, there's no evidence of this, but that I have huge eggs. Genetically. And that her mother. He's just made eggs. all this up. He's spreading the bad word. First of all, is there a way to measure no, eggs? No, no, no. I think they're all standard. Yeah, I think but they're all pretty like, small. I'm trying to remember where that came from. We had I don't know, some you're bit fun that of me yeah, it's turned into that. Here are the animals that you're going to learn about on Mama's mm. Potter wasps, as I just told you about: grizzly bears, Ooh. hummingbirds, mm. yellow baboons, cheetahs, lions, wildebeest, black-backed jackals. Strawberry dart frogs, praying mantis. Now, am I right in remembering that the praying mantis woman kills the male after he inseminates her and eats him? Eats him. That might be. Okay, that's another time we take it on the chin. Right. We're getting there. Okay, that's true. African elephants. Hyenas. Meerkats. Meerkats. Toke macaws. Toke? T-O-Q-U-E. I think so. Toke macaws. And Thompson gazelles. All that's going to be covered in Mamas. Can you believe that? And every single one is so beautiful and compelling. Can you believe they were able to shoot all of those animals? That's insane. I feel bad now that we spent so much time talking about great dads. Yeah, right? We didn't even talk about great moms. I know. They're a dime a dozen. You know? That's That's the problem. Too many of you are good moms. That's why everybody's just going to watch Mamas because then you can just see great moms in nature and realize... They're everywhere. I knew it. I knew I was awesome. Yeah. Just for being a mom. You're awesome. Moms are the best. I know. They really are the best. Now, let me ask you, though. If your option was virtually slave labor, that's what women have been relegated to for the last 6,000 years of civilization. You had to work in the home and do everything. Unpaid. Unpaid labor. That's right. Mm -hmm. But your choice is that or you got to fight to the death. That's okay, not I, actually... <laughs> I want to propose something. <laughs> Who is it that initiates all this fighting? Each other. Each other? Yeah. Each other what? Each other boys? The mate selection and all these animals we talk about yeah. involve, even if it's birds where the birds don't fight to the death, they have the loudest feathers, plumage, which tells the female, I am so fit genetically that I can afford to draw attention to myself for prey. So then is that why we have so many wars as human beings? Because men are basically just saying, I need to fuck. That's Putin's issue right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, his issue is very specific, but very male. We're just 
We got to transcend it. Yeah, yeah. we got to evolve out. Of course. Of to explain where it comes from is not to say that it's a justification for that behavior. It's super base. And not only is it super base, but we've actually taken it to a place where it's beyond the base. Now it becomes almost entertainment. Our masculine for that foibles. Masculine, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's so embarrassing yeah. at this point. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I'm pretty embarrassed yeah. Yeah. for you. And I've been embroiled in it. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, terms apply. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, if you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. If you listen for a while, AG1 shouldn't be new to you. What's not new to me, I've been a fan for over six years. I have it every morning. I had it this morning. But if you haven't tried it yet, seriously, it's such an easy way to improve your health. It replaces multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. In 60 seconds... I know I'm covering my nutritional bases and setting myself up for success to tackle the day. And for how simple it is, it's crazy what a difference it makes. It's full of prebiotics for my gut, vitamin B to keep my energy up, magnesium for my stress levels. I could keep listing ingredients and benefits all day, but you just need to know it works. So I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. If you want to find out your newest healthy habit, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com dax. That's drinkag1.com dax. Check it out. Okay, I'm not going to do my Putin thing. I don't need to. I've already done it before. No, you can say oh, But I actually, now I'm curious. Yes, okay, Adolf Hitler fought in World War I. He very much believed they could win. When the Kaiser surrendered, he was furious. He thought it was a huge embarrassment for the Germans. Treaty of Versailles comes along. It shackles them into all this debt. Their currency goes through the floor. He comes to power. He says, when you broke us up in the Treaty of Versailles, there were a lot of Germans that are now in countries they don't recognize. We would like to at least reassemble the Germans. So the Sunterlands are the first thing I'm going to invade. And the rest of the world goes, I kind of get it. They are all are German. We're going to let Hitler have the Germans reassembled into one nation state. And then they're like, wait, why is he in Poland? And then what's very clear is he's just trying to reassemble the old German empire. Then you go to Putin. Putin's on the front lines in Germany 
As a KGB operative for the USSR, he believes in it whole stock. The wall crumbles. He doesn't think they needed to do that. They could have fought on. They could have won. They could have been victorious. They could have beat the West. Great embarrassment to all Russians. Now he gets into power. Oh, you have all these disenfranchised Russians living in Ukraine. They're not even Ukrainian. They're Russian. I'm going to go into Ukraine and just reassemble the Russians, then put them back into the fold. And that would be step one in what he ultimately wants to do, which is reassemble the USSR, just like Hitler. It's identical. That is a fucking scary theory. Yeah. And I'm sure you're right. He'll get assassinated. Don't worry. I don't well, know. I don't know. Too many of these billionaires are losing too much money. But they're scared of him. I know. Until he's dead. I do feel like we're living in a moment in time where we've been pushed to whatever this masculine power driven limit is. And I mean, let's look at the United States, too. That's the vibe right now. Oh, yeah. Well, what I hope to be an optimist like Steven Pinker, I think you're actually seeing for the first time ever that it's not going to work. Really? Yes. What is indicating that to you? The solidarity with the rest of the world. It's always been thought that we would get so intertwined financially that war would be rendered obsolete. That was the great theory in the 1900s is that once globalization happened, it would be too costly for everybody. But time and time again, it's proved that that wasn't enough. Vietnam still happened. The Gulf still happened. All these things still happen. I think now we finally are so intertwined mm -hmm. that Russia's just collapsing right now if they can't participate in the global economy. They're just collapsing. And it's going to hit their front door very quickly. The people are going to be in the streets wondering what the fuck's going on. On. And I'm optimistic in that if China's watching this as a war game, oh, could we invade Taiwan? Let's see how it goes with the Ukrainian yeah. struggle. Yeah. It's not going to work. And that's a great message for everyone going forward throughout time to know that that old fashioned mail, I'm blowing everything up, I'm going to overpower you. It's not going to work anymore. Mm. That is my hopeful outcome of this whole situation. Okay. There's also, though, the sad fact that Russians are very used to suffering. suffering. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to take a lot for them to finally be like, okay, no, thanks. And again, I don't know that it'll be the people, but there are many, many billionaires in that country that are not going to sit there and watch their fortune disappear when they could pay a general $100 million to kill him. Yeah. While he's asleep, there's no way. Hitler, there's several assassination attempts by Germans. We'll see. Time will tell. Time oh, will God. tell. It took a real turn. This. It did really <laughs> take a dark turn. But I mean, it's interesting. I'm very fascinated by your perspective on it because I find it so also disturbing. I mean, it's absolutely horrific. I have these images in my mind of what bombing of Hanoi was, what carpet bombing Dresden was, all these famous things. Yeah. To watch it daily, you can see just the carnage and the waste, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like an entire country, hundreds of years old buildings, town centers, stadiums, airplane hangars, dematerialized in an hour. That's the cost of this way of handling our business? It's unacceptable. Yeah, but that feels like a reasonable human perspective on it. And I feel like what we have are a lot of unreasonable people. And that destruction is something that they want because it feels like it benefits them. They, yeah, feel powerful. Yeah. Well, and if you're clinically a narcissist, then there is no getting around it. What do we do? That's the chemicals. That's true, too. Oh, yeah. There's no coming back for him yeah he's gone yeah there'll never be a breakthrough conversation yeah. with he and an underling no. where he's like god damn it you're right i also think it's imaginable that'll kill himself that's another armchair well, theory i have supposedly has cancer so maybe well, he'll just die fingers crossed that the cancer gets him oh 
Oh, he does? Wouldn't that be an ironic twist for cancer as a brand? Oh, my God. They're rebranding. Cancer. Cancer should get right on that. We're like so grateful for cancer. Cancer is going to have a moment. It's going to have a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. for cancer. Cancer gets a lot of shit. Yeah. But that's like when Trump started getting so crazy and George Bush was really having a moment because we were all like, remember, we hated him, but he was actually great in comparison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or we were all like, God, we would have loved Mitt Romney. I would have S'd a D for Mitt <laughs> Romney to be behind the helm. <laughs> oh, oh, well, boy. Connie, this has been so pleasurable. Oh, it's been so enjoyable. I want everyone to check out Mama's. On Roku. Worth getting the Roku. I can't tell you how you do it, but I think it's pretty easy to do. I think my parents have it, and they Listen, don't know how to do it. I don't stuff. use Roku, but I can tell you it is awesome in that it's just a little USB thing that you plug into the back of your HDMI thing. So when you travel, oh, you can nice. have your fucking roku in your pocket oh. like i'm an apple tv guy but i can't stuff that fucker in my pocket no. oh that's a great thing that was smart of them very good very good job roku also that's great if you're traveling because you can just watch a little episode oh, absolutely it's not a long you don't have to get into a long thing. no i'm saying they're perfect for kids that's our media like yeah. did you watch this dinosaur thing that just came out with your kid no but i heard about it tremendous the five night event every night get home from school dinner homework and it's like let's get down there and watch these dinosaurs it's so great wait what's the dinosaur thing on it's on apple plus Ooh. sorry roku sorry roku but look there's a lot of options you can have them all have them all yeah have them all that's the life that we live in now have an abundancy mentality and consume all the content <laughs> but it's fantastic and so we're always running out of nature shows because it's what we all like as a family yeah and so i'm delighted and it's so perfect because i can watch these before bed without getting sucked into because they're clever they're like can we watch one more thing i'm like well, that's 30 minutes and you need to be asleep in 18 and then they agree to that though uh-huh. which is horseshit. I go, okay, but I'm going to turn it off in 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes comes, you're right in the middle of a Komodo dragon fighting a fucking sea serpent. Yeah. And you got to say, I'm going to pause this now. We obviously have the same kids because <laughs> he won't even say he never said it. It's just like, but, 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 but yeah. how but could you right in the middle of the thing that's right who can blame them oh they're all a bunch of criminals yeah they are all a bunch you, can't, of you can't believe a word they criminals. say not a word <laughs> they are making promises they can't mm. keep writing checks their ass will never yeah. cash Connie Britton thanks so much for coming it was really really fun thank you in abstentia to Jedediah Jenkins for making a little uh, and visit. thank you for the appropriate reaction to Dax's feet we don't need another take <laughs> it was perfect. That seems like so long ago that I kind of already blocked it out. Well, thank you so much for coming, and we'll hopefully have you back soon. Okay, bye. Bye. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. We just had a fun interview. Really fun. Uh, oh, God. I mean. Some people are very cool. There's also a handful of guests that we now have a relationship with, and yeah. it's just so flattering. I can't get over it. Like, we started four years ago, and we have, like... It's so lucky. ...real relationships with certain people. I know. I was thinking that I was really remembering the first time he was here. Uh-huh. And how you felt. Yeah, how I felt versus how I feel now. How comfortable you mm -hmm. are now. Yeah. That's very I cool. I can feel it, too. Yeah. Your outfit didn't hurt. Well, my outfits have gotten better. Speaking of clothes and cool stuff, I had another dream about my twins. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're obsessed. I know. Oh, my God. I thought that, too, when Have I woke up. I was like, I'm obsessed. 
No, I'm not sexually attracted to them. Yet. I just want to. Okay, sure. Yet. <laughs> but I just want to be them and be in their proximity. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I understand. It's actually really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you dated yes like that is very um, abstract because they seem like mythical creatures to me sure first of all you even just ran into mm, one that would have been enough is already crazy if i could have just confirmed they were here on planet earth yeah. sharing the same time and space as us that would have been would have been enough. crazy yeah and then you dated which mm-hmm. is like not we kissed Computing. Monica. We no, you kissed. did not. Don't say that. My dreams are going to be crazy hate tonight. To kiss and tell, but we kissed. <laughs> wow. Where did you meet? Well, the very first time I saw Ashley was at this outdoor. I, I can't even. It's so Barbecue? hazy. What? Like, I don't know why I was there. I don't know why she was there. But it was some kind of eventy type thing, and it was on. A beach and in fact this is what i talked to her about the first time i actually then talked to her which was she was with a boy who was a supermodel oh. like they were young at the time yeah the dude was like six four so James Purse? gorgeous and <laughs> a teen so he doesn't even know like oh, he, he was a teen. it was one of these wonderful things where it's like he doesn't even realize that every full-grown man at this party is in jealous of this boy yeah yeah, just gorgeous shoulders, mm. broad. And and so when I then met her a second time at a friend's party, okay. Halloween party. Oh. And Cooper and I went, and I can't remember what I was dressed as, but I know Cooper was dressed as Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I. Okay. And what was she dressed as? Hold on. Let me tell you more about Cooper. No, I want to get... He had on the tiny, tiny OP corduroy shorts, and he looked gorgeous in them. I couldn't believe how great his legs and ass looked in these shorts. Maybe I am in love with them, because I don't care about the Bradley Cooper part of the story, but I definitely want to know about the the twins. Okay. Well, it wasn't the twins. It was just Ashley. Mary-Kate wasn't at the party? She was not at the party. So she was with her friend, and then Cooper and I were among the only men that were dancing, as is often the case, which is why I always tell young men, if you want to meet co-eds, Learn to dance, because right. you're gonna you're gonna make yourself now. You're, you've gotten rid of ninety five percent of the competition. It's one of your big pieces of advice. <laughs> <laughs> Might be my primary piece of advice. Learn to dance. <laughs> if you're and only if you're a boy. Okay. And I remember among the first things we talked about was I was just like, where is that gorgeous fucking boyfriend? I saw you with some years back. And I just regaled her with my memory of how gorgeous that guy was. That was kind of the icebreaker. Right. Yeah. What does her voice sound like? Because all I know it is, you got it, dude. But it's like, that's a kid's voice. Can you impersonate it? (laughs) I can't. She's got a cool voice. It's a little raspy. It is. Yeah. I meant raspy. It's not rusty. (laughs) She's still young, (laughs) to my knowledge. Anywho, moving on. Um, At what point is this get, does this get like a little stalkery of us? Well, exactly. I'm always in a compromised position. It's fine if, like, because I have my Brad Pitt obsession, and of course you could have your Ashley. Yeah, it's obsession. not my fault. I'm dreaming about them. I know it's not. I know. I just, I, I guess it's more me. I feel a little grody just talking about Just be a little careful. Ax. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you're always saying the most flattering things. So. She's wonderful. I know. I know. She She'll is. deliver when you guys are finally. 
put together in the sim. I think it will happen because two things. One, it is so sim mm. that of course you dated right. someone who I want to be best friends with. Like, mm. That's like classic sim. <laughs> classic textbook. Also, I have a history of willing people into my life. You do. Great track record. And I haven't had that experience in a while. It's about time. Well, it's because you've been so spoiled. Like Matt Damon was five minutes ago, but yeah. Well, and three, you keep telling millions of people that you want to every week. That's how you will it, Rob. Don't oh, tell me how to will, Rob. Rob, she wrote the book on willing it. I and know. she has one piece of advice for people. <laughs> I have many it's pieces. not. But one is. <laughs> will it. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I will my dinner my dinner thing in Chicago? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Rob, you're going to Chicago and you can't get a reservation somewhere? It's all booked at Alinea. I'm going to be the there. The fuck it's booked. <laughs> That's Rob, bullshit. This isn't the Rob, best way to this, go about willing, no, listen, but <laughs> no, it is. It is. First, he's pointing out how popular they are. Very esteemed place. Um, yeah, I love Alinea. Yeah, Alinea. Very hard to get into. Very. Very. Hard. I have never been, and it's on my life list. And Alinea, when are you there? What are your dates, Rob? I'm gonna be in the city the 11th through the 14th of July. Of July. Okay, so Alinea, if you're listening, I know you can scooch some tables here and there. How many you people, also have Rob? some real good two reg- to four, two to four, two yeah, to that's four. four. Two I mean, I'm, fine, four. I'm fine just taking Natalie. <laughs> no, no, let's go for four. Let's let's okay. aim for the fences, and if you get a triple, okay. So Alinea, July 14th through 17th. Couple uh, things. 11th, happen. 11th to the 14th. Well, you'll change if yeah. you have to because you want to eat there that bad. Yeah. 11th through the 14th. Okay, there's a few ways this could shake out. Alinea, you have a lot of regulars that you're close with. You call one of them and you say, "Probably not." It's no, a this very is like a fancy restaurant. I know it is, but there's someone that eats there five nights a week. <laughs> okay. And then owner of Alinea, what's his name? Grant Ackins. What? Grant Ackins. Grant. Helping if you call him Jen. Okay. Although that's a ding 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 because Jen Atkin is a hairstylist. Oh my god, that is not that is a duck duck goose. <laughs> I ever fucking heard one because I didn't even say Jen. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I said Jim. Oh. Okay. Chad? Grant. Oh, boy. Oops. Cut that off. Rob, Monica. I told you this was a no, bad um, idea. Apparently. Keeping Grant. it in. I'm going to get banned. No. I'm going to go there. My picture's going to be up. And <laughs> I do not admit this crazy person. <laughs> Grant, listen to me. I love you so much. You you met him. I, I know. Yeah. No, he does not know. Shut, you guys are ruining <laughs> this. Okay. Did I interview? No, you. No. when you were on the final table... He was oh my the God. main... Oh, oh, yes. I know Chad. I know Chad from the final table. Grant. Grant. <laughs> this is the end, Rob. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold I'm hold so on, sorry, Rob. You're on. never eating there. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Listen. I'm keeping all of it. No, in. you're not. No, listen. Grant. I know Grant. I was a judge on the final table, mm-hmm. and Grant was one of the hosts. Yeah. He was the guest, uh, the guest chef for your episode. He was the guest <laughs> chef for my episode. Uh-huh. So, Grant... I love you, and we're friends. So this is a solid. Okay, this is how it could work out. You add another table. We can do that. We'll figure it out. It'll be a tiny bit tight that night. That's yeah, we'll, one thing we can we'll do. We'll sit in the kitchen. It doesn't matter. You could set him up in the kitchen. He'll okay? do anything. You could put a little um, card table out in front of the restaurant and serve him outdoors. Here's another option that you two haven't thought of. You've been so critical of me <laughs> that you f- forgot about this. There could be a fucking armchair in the audience who has a reservation right now on that date, to which if they give it to Rob and they make another one, I, Dak Shepard, will pay for their meal there. 
I'll pay for it too. <laughs> I don't need you to pay for it. And I'll make them a reservation if they're willing to trade dates. Yeah, the odds of there being someone in the audience that has a reservation on the same. But fuck it, let's put it out there. If you have a reservation between July 11th and 14th, and you want to, this is kind of like when you go flying and they're like, hey, would you give up your seat and we'll give you another flight and a voucher? We're now saying, will you get a free meal? Don't be an asshole. I'm not buying like a thousand dollars worth of wine. Let's be. I got to set some parameters. Listen, though, this. no, Dax, for real, they are gonna want to do a wine pairing. Because if you're going to a place like that, you are. I gonna- can't be spending thousands on wine. That maybe. How about this? Your bar, your bar tabs yours. I'm paying for the meal. We'll also give you a shout out. Okay, this could be an Anne Monsoor situation. Let's hope. I know you've benefited from this type of inquiry. Yeah, but I know how to will it. I'm not saying the wrong names we'll of people. Well, get Will in it. Then. We need Rob <laughs> to eat at this Rob, restaurant. Rob, I'm going to help Will I appreciate stuff it. Okay. Um, <sighs> okay. Anyway. Now, things I want. It's my turn. Okay. What do you want me to will for you? I'm going to be in Italy, and I would love to look out my window and see some streakers. I'm not going to have to with that. <laughs> Okay, well, move, well, let's move on. I'll Instagram my location, which will be dangerous for the family, but worth it if some streakers run by. And you got to have foghorns, too, because I might be busy reading a book in bed. I need to hear, hunk, 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 and then I'll look out the window. Ding, 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 ding. Honey, get over here. And then she'll be like, what, what the fuck is this? And then when I tell her what I orchestrated, she's going to be very disappointed. That's what I use my wish for. All right, we'll see. You'll report back. Connie Britton. Connie B. Great episode. Very fun. I don't think the person that makes Gracie wallpaper is the same Gracie from Jiu-Jitsu. I, I, no. I didn't find anything saying it wasn't. Right. But also, no But there's nothing on the internet that says, I'm not related to George Washington. You will not find the sentence, Dak Shepard is not related to well, George Washington. because maybe you are. I'm sure it'll be added to Wikipedia after this release. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, can, can I give you a funny update? Yeah. So, Sedaris. Yes. He sent us cards again. Yeah. Yeah. Really cute. It's so fun to Postcards get a handwritten. postcard from him. And so his was on this this postcard for Dr. Crane. Dr. Crane. Uh, he said, someone gave me this book. I urge you to get find a copy of it. It's the worst advice I've ever read in my life. It's wonderful. So I found a copy of it. Oh, wow. And it's preposterous. He was a doctor and a psychologist and taught Bible class for 40 years. Okay. And the tips for wives are off the charts. Oh, I uh, wow. just can't believe it's in writing. Oh, my God. I only bring all that up to say that Dr. Crane, Dr. Crane's like, doesn't say his fucking name anywhere other than Dr. Crane and all the notes of the publishing. Look it up last night. His goddamn name was George Washington Crane. Wow. Dr. George wow. Washington Crane. I really thought you were going to say Dax. Mm. But mm. no. It was a ding, ding, goose. Because... It was a ding, ding, goose, yeah. Okay, but this is a ding, ding, ding. My postcard. Yeah. The front of it, like, he writes on the back, obviously, but, like, the front is just, I'm sure he just collects weird postcards over the years and then just picks random ones. Yeah. The one... To me, it says abortions three dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> and wow, I was wow, like, wow. when I got it, I didn't think anything of it. But then, mm-hmm. obviously, I saw it sitting there on oh. Friday, and I was like, oh my ding duck! So that was cray, and that's also a ding 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 because we do talk a lot on this episode about women about motherhood mm. she's a single mom mm-hmm. you know anyway 
so it was it's timely, but also should be said we recorded that pre Roe v. Wade being overturned. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You showed her your feet. Yeah. yeah. She had an amazing reaction. <laughs> Very strong. Even Visceral. better the second time I heard it. <laughs> but it reminded me. So I have a meeting with someone about a potential business set up by our friends Molly and Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric, as you know, as is well established here, ha- loves my feet. Oh, yeah, loves your feet. He has a feet fetish mm-hmm. from my feet and mm-hmm. and in general, but specifically mine. Yours are the his favorite feet in the pod for sure. He scrubs them, he decaluses them, <laughs> he, he puts a lotion on, on them. Yeah. So Molly sent out an email to connect us all and it was Eric, Molly, this man and me. And Molly says, you know, I want to introduce you to our friend, Monica. She has this idea, blah, blah, blah. And then he responds, also really nice. Let's jump on a call. And then next email is from Eric. Oh, boy. And this is what it says. (laughs) (laughs) She is also very pretty with amazing breasts. Although I personally think the hottest part of her is her petite and well-proportioned and manicured feet, toes, and ankles. (laughs) Maybe we should put pictures of her feet on the blank. Product. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. One more time. One more time. She is also very pretty with amazing breasts. (laughs) Although... I personally think the hottest part of her is her petite and well-proportioned and manicured feet, toes, oh. and ankles. It was just, I mean, if you know Eric, you just know this is what he's... Yeah, that's what you signed up the for. The responses are all laughs. Yeah, you know? good, good. Nervous was, laughs. He got, Yeah, he was like, and there goes Eric, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no, I lost my page. Connie. In the meantime, I'm going to fill the space. I know I've already brought it up. I always bring up shit I'm currently consuming ad nauseum, but the Ken Burns Hemingway documentary is fucking awesome. You know when I like something a ton? I have one Bukowski book I've never read. Because you want to keep that alive. I can't live in a world where I've read them all. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I'm like teasing this out because it's like, it's six hours, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to be dead when this is over. Oh. Wow, that's great. I'm, I, that's fun. Yeah, and it's doing this fun thing to me that I would, you know, it happened to me when I was a teenager. It happened to me sometime in my 20s where it's like I get obsessed with a fantasy of an identity. Oh. And it's so much fuel. Ooh. And I like it. Interesting. What What is the fantasy? A writer. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Ding, 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 duck, duck, goose, the person we just had on. You wrote something. You sent it to him. Yes. And that's a big deal because this is a big deal person. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to send it to me, but you didn't. You know, because... Or you said you were going to send it to me. And I did you say didn't. that. And I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it's in this... can't figure out what version it, it is. And of course, I want it to be brilliant when you read it. Oh, I see. You don't feel like you're ready for me to read it because yeah, it's not done yet. Yeah, but I'll send it yet. to you. I'll send it you to don't, you. I, you don't have to. I want no, no, you to no. be fully No, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I just, it's sent. I like the way you write. I'd love to read it. Thank you. Um, I'm 
also feeling really itchy to write. Are you? Mm-hmm. Good. You're a great writer and you should write all the time. I love writing. I wrote in like a journal a little bit one day. <laughs> I was supposed to do it daily and I did it one day last week and it felt really good. Well, you know the part of, the, of Hemingway's life that appeals to me so much is he was just ironclad with his routine. So yeah. he woke up at like he tried to start writing before the sun came up. Yeah. And he wrote till like noon. And then the rest of the day was getting drunk and having fun. Yeah. Fishing, yeah. playing with his kids, going to the bar. Yeah. And so I wasn't the type of alcoholic, unfortunately, that could maintain a schedule like that. But yeah. that would be the dream for me. It's like I'm super responsible and I'm proud of myself. And then I get to celebrate and completely lose myself. Yeah. I like the pattern of that. But it occurred but to me. he killed himself. He did kill himself, yeah. So as, as his father did. It didn't. Well, he's a very complex dude. I mean, he clearly had really, really bad depression. Yeah. You know, aside from the drinking. But what occurred to me is that I have so many hobbies. Like, I can party from noon till nighttime without drinking. Yeah, you can have fun and do. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I actually have more fun when I know I've done something productive. And I was just like, I want to somehow construct that schedule for myself in a dream world. Well, we can start recording at 9 a.m. No, we have to, like, 5 no but i want to write like early and i want to work and then i want to like yeah i don't know you're not gonna like mine it's gonna be triggering because you're gonna be nervous i'm moving away okay but here's my current fantasy i wake up early and i sit directly in front of the lake and i write for like six hours that's nice and then i work out Mm -hmm. and then i play i swim without me you can come but I'll be living there. In I'm going to move as soon as I move in. No, I'm not. Okay. Don't be fatalistic. Well, I'm scared. I'm just telling you what my fantasy is. I know. I want to write in front of a lake in the mornings and then work out and then do this. You can move when you're 60. Okay. Because <laughs> then... We'll have 10 years, a little over 10 years. 13, that'd be. A little Jesus over, a little Christ. over, a little over 10 right, right. years together to do this. Yeah, okay, great. Okay, the true crime lady that I was thinking of was Nancy Grace. Oh, right. I know and Nancy I Grace. I could not put a name a to it. A little abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, pa- you kept thinking, Samantha Power. Right, it always makes me think of this woman who is a financial guru and she had spiky white hair. I know. I don't know who you're talking about, but Stephanie Powers, you kept saying Stephanie Powers. That's an actress, and hmm. she was in Heart to Heart. Oh, great. Are you thinking Susan Powter? Oh, let me see. She's P-O-W-T-E-R? Yeah. She's an Australian motivational speaker. Oh, no. It's fucking making you trying to make me subscribe. That's her. That is her. <laughs> Thank you. It's not even power. I just Googled a financial guru with spiky white hair. Well, she was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was an actress and a financial? She was so famous that I think she must have just been a guest. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, this was very interesting. Hyenas clitorises. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to read about some hyenas. Stuff. Oh, good. Unlike most other mammals, spotted hyenas live in matriarch societies led by alpha females that's what you had said 
In these clans throughout sub-Saharan Africa, females do the majority of the hunting, dictate the social structure, and raise cubs as single mothers. Because most males in clans join from other groups, the highest-ranking male in the group is often subservient to the most junior female. Male spotted hyenas have also evolved to be smaller than females. But there's one aspect of the spotted hyena matriarchy that appears alarmingly misogynistic at first glance. Look between a lady hyena's back legs, with her permission, and you'll find a thick phallic structure complete with a false scrotum and testes. <laughs> this is the pseudopenis, a structure so convincing that for years researchers wondered if spotted hyenas were hermaphrodites. While there are several other species, including elephants, where females have pseudophalluses, those of spotted hyenas are a true feat in mimicry, nearly indistinguishable from the male penis in both length and girth. It's not just a slight masculinization, says biologist Karen Bonder. We're seeing the entire reproductive system being dominated. The internal plumbing remains the same, however, which means that females must urinate through the pseudopenis. They must have sex through the pseudopenis. They must even give birth through the pseudopenis. Mm. And though it remains flaccid during these acts, the latter two ordeals are just as complicated and painful as they sound. These ladies push multiple three-pound cubs through a fake penis. Mm. Yikes. You know, uh, another random fact about mm -hmm. hyenas. Mm -hmm. What would you guess is their closest living relative? This is very... Elephant. Duck, duck, goose. I like that guess, but that's not it. You know the... Whale. Blue well, whale. hold on. You know the elephant's closest living relative? The hyrax. The teeny little rodent that lives on oh. top of the uh, rock outcroppings. Whoa. And they have testicles on their back like an elephant does. Wow. Yeah. Okay, what is the hyena? The giraffe. Oh my gosh, crazy. You know, you can see it though because their front legs are so much taller than their rear legs and they're oh. at an angle. Their spine's yeah. at like a, a grade. Weird. Isn't that freaky? That is freaky. But I don't know any about any pseudopenises in giraffes. I would think we would have heard about it. Yeah. Because they're a popular animal. I've seen a, a, an extended giraffe penis out in the wild. How big? Feet. I mean, feet long, wow. like three, four feet. Four feet? Yeah. Not four feet. Four feet is almost as tall as me. Type in how long's a giraffe's penis. Type it in, Rob. <laughs> Keep your search clean, I guess. <laughs> erect. I guess you have to say erect. Well, this is 77 centimeters when flaccid. 77 centimeters. I, I don't know what the fuck a centimeter is. <laughs> <laughs> that is 30 inches. Okay. 30 inches that's flaccid. that's over two feet that's, that's almost, almost three feet almost three feet yeah flaccid wow right and i saw wow. one engorged what? i saw one engorged huh an erect penis is four feet long wow good job you were right i was wrong Boom. good job it looked like a monica hanging off ew <laughs> what that's disgusting it's kind of Hot. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is. A four foot penis. Uh, okay. I guess I'm obsessed with the phallus. Do you think so? <laughs> Good take. We don't need another. Let's move on. That's oh, that's lunch. Great. Thanks for getting us to lunch. Okay, a Potter wasp. This oh. is a ding 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 because mm. we do an episode on wasps coming up. Yep. Get excited. These wasps live for 22 days. That's just too short. It's really small. It's a really a small Oof. amount of time. Oof. It's as small as the erect giraffe penis is long. <laughs> That's right. As they like to say. Yep. As an age-old Classic proverb. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. 
I looked up ovary size. Oh, hit me. The egg size matters in conceiving because it has to be of the right size for fertility. Uh, the minimum egg size to get pregnant is 18 to 20 millimeters. Okay. Otherwise, the normal egg size is 22 to 24 millimeters. And as I recall, yours <laughs> are 48 millimeters. 48 inches. For, oh, inches. Yeah. So 120 millim- milliliters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they also hold a lot of water, so the milliliters, yes. you know, they hold a lot of um, yolk. Yolk. <laughs> okay, does the praying mantis female eat the male after mating? Female praying mantises are famous for attacking and cannibalizing their mates during or after a sexual encounter. But evidence is emerging that some males attack too, and that winning a fight is crucial for successful mating. Good for the men. Yeah, it's good about for time. men. About time men fought back. <laughs> That's all for oh. us. Hmm. Yeah. This is the end. My only friend. The end. That's sad. What's the doors? You know that song? It's about, it's as long as a giraffe's dick. It's so it long. Is the song? Could you get a runtime on that for us, Rob? Rob's like, have, you know when you, those, um, all those movies where there's spies? Yeah. And there's a guy in the van that can get every bit of information in one second. That's Ooh, speaking of, I started a new good show. What is it? 11 minutes and 44 seconds. The song, that's outrageous. That was Ken Kennedy always had a great joke. He'd go, this is the end. Only nine minutes left. <laughs> <to> the end. <laughs> uh, what's the show? I want to watch. It's called... The old man. It's Ooh, on. I, started, oh. I love that. Started it's watching so it too. good. I saw it and I really wanted to watch it, but I wanted to wait till there was like three. There's I was like, there's three. three now. Oh, I watched it all on Saturday. It's really good. Okay. So we have one more thing before we go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't leave. We have prompts. We have new prompts for August. A-A-A-A. Triple A. Armchair Anonymous August. Here are the exciting prompts. This is by popular demand, by the way, because we floated this on scams, pooping your panties, uh-huh. and people were just, ex- they, they I saw it. more comments about, please let me tell you about it. So, okay, so we, we just, we're going to narrow it down, but rest assured, if you like shit your pants while you're flying an airplane, that's coming. Okay? Don't worry, it's all coming. It's all coming. Well, actually, this one, that would qualify for this one. If you were flying the airplane and you were under the employee of somebody, because it's work. Uh, okay, first prompt. Tell us about an untimely, unauthorized evacuation in your pants while on the job or at work. Yep. I thought I worded that one really delicately. Did you? you? Did. Unauthorized. It was beautiful. Thank it was you. Poetry. Thank you. Okay, that's number one. Number two, tell us about the most awkward moment when you were interrupted mid coitus. Yes. Wow, that's going to be tasty. And get, cre- I mean, oh, no, I was going to say get creative, but you don't can't get, get creative. Get truthful. Be, be honest. Yeah, yeah. That means my- sex. That means sex. Yeah, Every listener of Armchair Expert is uh, knowledgeable in that term, I would think. I'm just worried that it's all going to be kids walking in. That's my fear. Uh, that's a good I'll fear. I'll express my fear. That's a good fear. Yeah. So if your kid walked in, I mean, there better be a, like a really good punchline. Not yeah. to set the bar too high. Right. Oh, do you remember that great viral video? Is a kid coming. He's he's talking about having heard his parents oh have sex. God. And he goes, yeah, mommy is like, ah, ah, ah. And daddy, daddy was like. I forget what daddy said. And then they auto-tuned it into this incredible song. In fact, Rob, could you find that song? But um, tell us about the craziest thing you've witnessed at a wedding. Mm, We're talking 
uh, cold feet. We're talking someone standing up and objecting. Yeah, a death, a fist fight. That's right. Uh, uh, a lottery winner. Oh my god! Can it could be, be positive, of course. Yeah. God, it makes me want to know if anyone's ever hooked up with one of the. Oh my god! Just married. Yes, wow. that night. If you know what happens. That, please write in. Yes. Okay. Tell us about a time you stole something. This was, uh, remember, I like this one. Remember, we can keep everyone anonymous. Yeah, you can stay anonymous. Also, statute limitations on most thefts are pretty short. Yeah. Have you stole much stuff? Nothing. A no. bunch of stuff. Oh, you have? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I was just shocked at the way you said that. Oh. Um. Well, no, I've stolen, unfortunately. Well, I stole that person's cookies Oh, in yeah, early first grade. on, yeah. First grade, that was that was it. That was formative, though, because I've heard about it a bunch of times. <laughs> it didn't go over well, so I guess I learned that's it, not for me. That was the last time you stole something. I haven't, I don't, I haven't done it. Rob, have you stolen things? I was really young. What'd you take? I think I took a DVD from the library once. <laughs> oh, you could have oh. just checked it out, probably, Rob. For free. Is that even theft? Yeah. Maybe it's that you didn't return it. I probably returned it, too. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I just wanted it longer than they would have given me it. Oh, boy. You know, I stole stuff. But I will say, this is one of the rare, really cool things my dad modeled in front of me. So we went to the hardware store. We're inside. Bought a bunch of shit. He paid for it. We're walking out, and we had a dog at the time. And all there was a bunch of bags of dog food out in front of the store. And... He it was kind of like, oh, shit, I forgot to get the dog food, buy dog food. Uh-huh. So he just threw a bag over his shoulder. Oh. We got all the way to the car. None of this was a performance for me. Mm-hmm. He, like, he didn't really give a fuck. I was what? And then he stopped. And he was like, Ugh. and he just goes, and what goes around comes around. And he went back inside and paid for yeah. it. And I will say that I developed pretty early on a like, you know, anything I take will get taken from me. I just had that belief. Yeah, me too. I just felt like I'll get caught in trouble something bad will happen to me if i put that out in the world yeah i wasn't terribly afraid of getting caught because i also had these examples like my brother and i were i was in fifth grade and he was in 11th grade he was five years older than me but six grades ahead of me and we both wanted walkmans really really bad oh and so he was like i'm gonna steal one from sears so and we both had a winter coats on it was michigan's <gasps> at the 12 oaks mall and we both had these CB winter jackets on, like skiing jackets, very big. And we went in and we're looking at all the Walkmans, okay? And he stole one and I stole one. And the one I stole was like the most expensive one. I stole a Sony Walkman with auto reverse, everything metal. It was. Well, if you're going to steal. My brother didn't. My brother stole like a Sanyo. Like it wasn't a good one. We're walking out of Sears and all of a sudden, stop, Sears security. And he says to my brother, I saw you, you stole this. And my brother's like, no, I didn't. He's like, open your jacket. <gasps> my brother opens his jacket. He has it. Did he go I to I have jail? mine as well in my jacket in like the inside pocket. And he says to me, um, you open your jacket. Now he saw my brother steal it. Yeah. And then, but I'm with him. Yeah. I'm also benefiting from the fact that I'm in fifth grade. You're both these big jackets. Yeah, but I'm in fifth grade. He says, open your jacket. And when I opened my jacket, I just folded over the yeah. edge of my jacket and opened it up. And he goes, okay, are your parents at the mall? And I said, yes. My mom is. He said, you go find her. Tell her he's in security. So I now, I leave and I am, my heart rate's at of course. three oh my trillion. God. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm 10 or 11 years old and I got this $200 Walkman in my jacket. My brother's been caught. 
I get around the corner of 12 Bucks Malls on the second floor. I sit down at a bench. I take the Walkman out of my thing and I just set it on the bench and then I get you, up and then I run to find my mom. You just left it there. I was terrified to have it on me. Of course. It was yeah. And I was smart. like, oh my God, I got away with this. I got to get this off me so I, I make sure I keep getting away Did with it. Did you tell your mom? That I had stolen one? Yeah. God, no. Oh, you Nor didn't. did my brother rat me out. Years oh, later, we nice. admitted to them that I had gotten away with a really pricey one. But you had to tell your one. mom that David's David insecurity. Got- <laughs> she, you know, she wasn't all that shocked. She had a bad stealing pe- record from her youth. She'll sure. be happy to tell you about. But anywho, that was that was just one of many times. Remember I, when you tried to steal a... Um... Oh, what? The parking meter? Yeah, parking meter. Well, I didn't try. I stole a parking meter. I thought you couldn't get it out. No, I fucking dug it out of the ground at like four in the morning, hammered, and I drug it to my apartment, and then I carried it upstairs, and the base of it had, it had to have 70 pounds of cement around it. I get it up into my living room, and I'm kind of like, now what? Those things are impenetrable. (laughs) I finally go into the bedroom, pass out, and I wake up in the morning, and Brie goes, what is in the living room? Yeah. Also... There's a mud trail directly from where you oh dug it drug, dug it out to our door. She had swept up the dirt off the stairs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I blame that one on inebriation. Also, what did I how much money did I I had I convinced know. myself you, in that drunken state there was like $90 and And that was in there. worth that? For sure. Wow. Circa 96. <laughs> poor broke. No prospects, hammered. But not no prospects. You had a nice girlfriend and a lot of grumblies. Oh, boy, do we have grumblies. Yeah. We did steal a Christmas tree together. You know that story, Uh, too. Very similar. We're super hammered. We decide we want a Christmas tree. We noticed they were out in front of Vaughn's, left outdoors. We go up there at 3 in the morning. We put it in the car. The door won't shut. Like, we should have picked a smaller one, but we wanted this kind of bigger one. Yeah. So there's a Christmas tree hanging out the back seat with the door wide open at 3 in the morning. We drive all the way back to the apartment. Thank God we didn't get pulled over. Mm -hmm. And then same thing. We drug it up the stairs. We go to bed. We wake up the next morning. Pretty foggy on the night. And then we're, oh, there's a Christmas tree. And then we go outside and yet needles all the way from the <laughs> car. Well, the door was still open, too, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, n- n- neither of us shut the door. Okay, well, there was a couple freebies. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um. So, again, tell us about an untimely, unauthorized evacuation in your pants while on the job or work. Tell us about the most awkward moment you were interrupted mid-coitus. Tell us about the craziest thing you've witnessed at a wedding. Or tell us about a time you stole something. Okay. Get on it. Get on our website. Who, who you said was naked? Here we go. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Okay, bye.